0: If anything that you're thinking about, that you're consumed with, causes you to be unsettled or uneasy, that you just become consumed with and you can't rid your thoughts of it, there's worry woven through that. And the enemy doesn't want you to know that you're worried because then you can singled out as fear and as a lie, and then do some damage um, against it. I I really want people to understand that there is so much more in their thought life, the negative thoughts that we're thinking, that there is worry in your thoughts, it's because that is where those fears are hidden, and that is where those lies are hidden, and that's what, what what can then start to hold us back from doing the things God wants us to do, to hold us back from enjoying life to the full, yeah. from um, hold us back from walking in our purpose and calling, um, and just doing things and serving others in such a way that brings glory to Him.
1: I want to start with a question for you today do you struggle with nagging thoughts? Do supersized fears shake and overtake you? You know, I never knew that I had a problem with worry until I became a mom. And then I worried about virtually everything. God had to do a work in my heart. So worry is a topic I think that's common to all of us. That's why I invited my new friend, Carrie Eichberger, to join me on the podcast. She also has struggled with worry nearly her entire life ever since she was a young teenager. And so she has discovered some principles that will help us all to win over worry. I know you're going to love my conversation with Carrie Eichberger. I'm so excited that you've joined me on the Significant Women podcast. And first of all, sister, we have so much in common. We both have five children. Yes. Did you know that I have five kids? Yes, yeah. I did.
0: And tell us how old your kids are. What's the age range? Okay, so my age range is five. I have twins that are five years old, and then my oldest is 16 years old. So I'm like, we're learning how to d- drive car, and we're doing kindergarten all over again. We've kind of covered the whole gamut of um, of child rearing right now.
1: <laughs> well, sister, you look 16 years old, so I don't know how that happened. Well, thank uh, you. <laughs> <so let me laughs> I excuse- don't feel it. <laughs> what well, you look at. Oh. So let me ask you a mothering question, okay, mm. to begin with, Carrie. What is the best mothering advice anyone has ever given to you? Oh
0: okay, so this is gonna sound super cliche, but it the truth is it leaning into Jesus. I mean, I it's the years can be so hard. Um, they can be also so rewarding so joyful, but without my leaning into him every day, um, that joy would be missing. And, um, I would falter and I would get discouraged, um, which I do many days (laughs) anyway, (laughs) but I have had to lean into the Lord and my, um, Christian mentors and uh, the women that I look up to in the faith and as parents, that has been something that I've watched them do. And that is something that I would, I would have to encourage anybody else um, as a mother as well. And that's been the best advice I've ever been ever been given. And it's something that I take very seriously daily.
1: So what does that look like for you, Carrie? Because you've got five kids, you've got mm-hmm. a husband, you're very involved in ministry. Be practical with yeah. me. What what do you do to lean into the Lord every day?
0: You know, it started out when I, my son was 10 months old, joining a Bible study group. It was like, mm. I realized I couldn't do this alone. I felt very yeah. isolated in this new um, role that I had been given, and I didn't understand the power of needing people. So I reached out to the church and joined a group of other women that also were seeking the Lord and his guidance um, in motherhood. So that was the beginning for me. And I still, to this day, um, lean on these ladies, but in on an individual basis, um, just every morning, it's it's waking up and first looking to him. And practically, that looks like carving out that time every morning to pray. Um, and if I'm not able to do it right when I before I run out the door in the morning, because now I'm, I'm leaving earlier than I ever had to get kids to school, that is the first thing I do when I get home. Um, dropping out kids from school is sit down with my Bible, with my devotional, close my eyes and just spend time talking to him, pouring out my heart. Um, and that's how I start my day. Um, there's so many other things that I've entered into my life to continue to grow. We know whether it be serving in the church and just growing in those relationships with other Christian women, but it has to absolutely include starting my day with him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love it that your first response, your gut response was, I joined a Bible study because yeah. I, I love Bible studies and I love <laughs> it that that was the first thing you said is that yeah. I joined a Bible study. What great advice for young moms. Mm-hmm. um, Carrie, when you were a little girl, go back in time, yeah. when you were a little girl, what did you want to be when you grew up?
0: Oh, so many things. When I was really little, um, I remember wanting to be a teacher (laughs) and now I can't imagine being an actual teacher with all that, all those kids, because you know, it's have a lot. I, but I really wanted to help and serve people. Um, I did love children and, Um, I wanted to be an artist. I had so many things I wanted to do that never really are things I ended up doing, which is interesting to me. But, you know, my parents would talk to me about what they saw in me as a little girl. Mm -hmm. And one thing they said they noticed was I had such an empathy for other people. And um, maybe at the time I thought it looked like teaching and, and helping and serving in that way. But it's interesting now to see where God has led me and in a a role of encouraging others, that that was something that they saw in me even as a little girl.
1: I love it. Yeah, you know, it's interesting how the Lord just puts gifts and talents and abilities Mm -hmm. in us, and it just becomes this treasure house of of possibility. Mm -hmm. Um, And so now you are walking in your calling Mm -hmm. using who God made you to be. Um, But your life has always not been perfect. I I don't know you Mm -hmm. well, but from what I've read... (laughs) Beginning in your teenage years, you really went through a time of worry and fear and anxiety. Can -hmm. you just tell us that story, Carrie? Sort of tell us your faith story, but tell us what that battle looked like for you.
0: Oh, absolutely. So I grew up in a Christian home, and I am so thankful for that upbringing. My parents always made sure that we knew that church was a priority. Um, Every Sunday, we were there. I got very involved in my church, um, church choir, youth group, mission trips. I loved it. I always uh, was seeking to know more about God. And it's funny, my dad was um, a Sunday school teacher of mine several years when I was about fifth or sixth grade. And he would always tell me how he thought it was so in- inter- interesting how I asked such deep questions about, about the Bible and about my faith. And But sadly, around the age of 12, I was introduced to this young boy, and my life took a detour. And that I say that because even though life still still seemed very much um, pleasant on the outside, and I was enjoying my life, what happened on the inside was I then poured, um, I allowed a person to become number one in my life. This relationship that began at the age of twelve through some very developmental years of my life from about that age, all through middle school, all through high school, we dated. And I, I, I put this person in the number one place in my life. Um, as much as God was a close second, the fact that my faith, um, in anything else, um, it eventually failed me. And it actually then dragged me through a very difficult, empty wrestling season that went on through uh, my college year. So when this relationship ended. Um, I was desperately trying to fill this void now that really was meant to be filled with God with anything else the world had to offer to comfort and fulfill me. And it failed. So, before um, this ended, anxiety started to enter my life um, before this relationship ended. And what happened was, There was a a moment where we were at a a high school football game, and my boyfriend at the time was brutally attacked. And like I told you, this was somebody I had put my whole life into. So when I saw right before me the potential of losing someone, I began to experience fearful things I'd never experienced before. And uh, I started having these anxiety attacks. I didn't know what that was all about. But I wasn't properly coping with some difficult things I was handled, which then Carried over to this breakup season, and so, like I mentioned, after that, I just started experiencing really just a dark season about my life. Like I said, that um, I was trying to fill myself, fill my life, basically trying to do things my way um, over God's way, and it it failed me miserably. Um, really peaked then. So let's fast forward a few years to the end of my college experience, which is when 9-11 hit. So my senior year is when um, 9-11 happened. And that is when my anxiety hit its all-time peak. And I went into this literally three-day panic attack. Like I was in this out of, it felt like it was almost like if, ever, if anyone's ever experienced a panic or anxiety attack, it's almost this out-of-body, you know, alter- universe. <laughs> it's the strangest thing. And anyway, this was needless to say, this was God's way of trying to get my attention. I think for years, he'd been trying to get my attention. But um, that was a point where I had to start seeking some serious help. And it was also the beginning of me realizing that I needed um, I needed the Lord. Um, it, what I was doing wasn't working. And ultimately, this led to a place of surrender. I remember sitting in a parking lot um, right after college and just in tears and defeat and just surrendering and saying god i i can't I, sur- I can't do this anymore um, you've been trying to get my attention for years and and I surrender and that's
1: when a whole new journey began in my life yeah so you know one of the things I read about you Carrie um, and I'm going to read it is this she developed unhealthy and unreliable coping strategies. Mm-hmm. Of self-will. So tell us what that looked like. What were some of the unhealthy ways mm-hmm. other than your boyfriend right, um, right. that you tried to cope with anxiety okay. and fear? What were yeah. some of the things? you? We began our conversation where you told us, told moms to lean into the Lord. Mm. What were some of the things you leaned into that you should not have?
0: So just generally speaking, um, several things that uh, avoidance of it was one big one for me. I avoided life. I avoided going places that remotely looked dangerous, risky, um, you know, large- crowded spaces when I started having um, anxiety, um, numbing and distracting. So I began to go to, uh, turn to alcohol when I was in high school and it wasn't, you know, anything that I felt was, um, you know, it was just It wasn't out of control in my mind. I didn't think it was that, that was doing that bad, but it was enough to like distract and numb what I, and help me be comfortable in what once was uncomfortable. Now hear, hear me say bad, bad, bad idea. And I hope I make that clear in my book because my kids have all read this. I had to tell them, listen, I'm telling you this to tell you what I did that was not good for me, um, that I went to things that were not healthy that eventually failed me, um, but, you know, I would get stay distracted and, and I would just seek anything that offered comfort, whether it was relationships or um, food. There, I, if you name it, I, I think I eventually tried it. But in those dark years um, and nothing and I just kept on trying different things and nothing ever did. Um, nothing worked.
1: So that day after college, um, when you surrendered to the Lord, when you said, OK, I'm done trying to fix fear and anxiety my own way, and you, I would say, recommitted yourself to the Lord? Is, yeah. is that yeah, basically you know, what happened? It, it's interesting because I look back
0: and I had said I always was a believer and yeah. God was always chasing after me. And it was almost like I just kept him like, like he was plan B. He was just in my back pocket, like okay. you know, a friend that you would call for backup. I knew that he was there, but I never... I never went to him. He was not my first resort. Everything else was. So I knew he was there. And I would say the things and say I loved him. But I think it was that moment that I realized I had misplaced him. I had not mm-hmm. put him that because he was close, but I never allowed him to be number one. And it was that moment when I said, I, re- I realized I had heard people had told me that this was where I needed to place my, my trust in my faith. But um, I hadn't practiced that. I didn't know how to do that yet. I didn't have that. um, You know, my head knew that, my heart didn't fully understand it. And, you know, looking back, I realized that God used all these things um, to, you know, to allow me to to share the story and for good. But um, for whatever reason, that was just not something that I, I allowed to happen. So, yes, it was in that moment that. I said, okay, you know, God, I'm I'm putting you number one. And I didn't know what that looked like. I wasn't sure what to Mm -hmm. do. Um, But again, I, um, you know, I went to like, kind of like I talked about um, when I was a new mom. That's when I entered the church and did my very first study. It was a book study. We did, uh, it was called The Search for Significance. And I joined the study with my mom. Mm -hmm. And um, that was the beginning of a whole new um, understanding of who God was and who he is supposed to be in our lives.
1: Well, So I love that. I love it that when you realize I'm in trouble, Lord, I'm turning to you. I should have made you number one. Then one of the most immediate decisions you made following that was going to a Bible study, a book study Mm. at church um, that pointed you in the right direction. You know, one thing I've learned, my battle, Carrie, as you know, has not been worry and fear and anxiety. My battle has been depression. Mm. That's the battle that I have fought nearly my entire adult life. Mm. Um, And I, whenever depression comes knocking at the door of my heart, because it does from time to time, um, I always know how to answer the door now. Mm. And I answer it with the word of God. I answer it with worship. I answer it by calling a friend to pray for me. I answer it by going for a walk outside. Um, So I love it that you changed a practice, a habit in your Mm -hmm. life. And you started a new habit, going to church, Mm -hmm. going to a book club. So um, Carrie, for the women out there today, battling worry and fear, how can you give them some hope? What would you tell Mm -hmm. them to do right now today where they are?
0: I would first tell somebody that that there is hope. I think there's so many people, no matter what struggle they're walking through in their life, whether it is worry or fear or anxiety or depression, you start to feel like this is this is the way that I am, and I'm never it's never going to get any better. Mm-hmm. And I can relate to that. But something I have learned. Um, and now believe so much to be true. It's that God, with with God, all things are possible, and that these these things that we're dealing with, you know, especially when we talk about worry and fear, it, we are dealing with the enemy, and Satan is hard at work, wants us to believe these lies of fear and worry, but God wins, and I know that so to be so true that He defeated the enemy, and so and we have. The Lord as believers, we have him in us. And that means we have the power and the tools to overcome these things because we have him. And so I believe that there is hope. So just knowing that helps me. But as far as just taking a step, it's it's really just in in one. I also some cumbersome, like how to get from here to there, because that there seems so far away, mm-hmm. but it's really in the little things every day. I know that, you know, my good friend, uh, Rachel Adams, who wrote right. a book, uh, A Little Goes a Long Way. And yeah. I've just been loving uh, her message because it re- just reminds me that it's just one little step every day, one little mm-hmm. thing that really over time amounts to the big thing. So maybe for someone, it's just a little prayer. Uh, it's the beginning of their day. Um, opening their, open those communication lines up with the Lord. And I know that whenever I pray, peace washes over me and that situation. So even if it's not completely gone, there is a little bit um, removed. There's a little bit of um, peace that is infused into what I'm struggling
1: with. And there's just, there's so much hope in that. Don't worry. We're going to get back to Carrie's story in just a minute. But first, I wanted to tell you something. I love the Bible. It's what I love the most about life. And so often I think, Carol, why do you love the Bible so much? What is it that God's Word means to you? When I hold my Bible, I am holding the Word of God. I am holding the mind and the heart of God of God the Father. And every time I open it, listen, my heart starts to beat, my mouth hangs open, and I can't wait to digest what God has for me that day. I love the word so much that I'm going to spend the rest of my life sharing its truth, its principles, and its promises with the generation in which I live. One of the ways I do that is by writing devotionals for you version. Do you know what YouVersion is? It's that little brown Bible on your smartphone. It's an app, version for your smartphone. And I've written 26 devotionals that have been downloaded, get this, over 4 million times. My devotions can go where I am unable to go. This app, the Little Brown Bible app, version, touches millions of people every single week. And so when somebody finishes one of my devotionals on Version, I encourage them to contact us so that we can pray for them. And I have a whole team of women who answer every single email that comes into the ministry. And then once a month, we gather and we pray by name for every person who's written to us that month. Um, I wanted to read you today an email that I received from a woman named Anna who lives in the Ukraine. You're not going to want to miss this. This is what Anna said. After the full-scale war began, I needed peace. This plan helped me look at glorifying God in a new way. When I am down or in a sad mood, all I have to do is sing and praise God, and it really works. This is amazing, and I thank you for this discovery. Ah, Doesn't that just take your breath away? My friends, because of your support of this ministry, the profound wisdom and solace found only in the Word of God, it's circling the globe. Your support enables us to continue doing things like writing devotionals for you version. I can't do it without you. So thank you for being part. Of the Carol McLeod Ministry family. If you'd like to give a donation today to help us reach people around the globe, to help us reach women in prison, to continue doing things like this podcast, you can go to my website and give a donation. You can call the phone number or you can go to the app on your smartphone. Well, now let's get back to my worry free conversation with Carrie Eichberger. There's worry, there's fear, and there's anxiety. I, I've always pictured them under the same umbrella of of emotion, of human emotion. Is there a difference between those three things, worry, fear, and anxiety, or are they all the same?
0: I think that they can be related. Um, I think that they can look very different also. I am someone who would... Claim to have more of a clinical anxiety that I would okay. you know diagnosed and I could be medicated for that because physically the way that I experience certain situations when I'm worried when I'm fearful my body um, reacts in such a way that causes um, a physical symptom that almost feels like a weakening. So some people that have anxiety they physically feel something different, um, maybe like an ad- additional adrenaline that you might experience when you're in a fearful um, situation. I also believe we can have anxious feelings. We can be have anxiety when we worry too much or when we experience that weight of um, compounding fear and worry in our life. That's just circumstantial, maybe. So many times I think people that don't suffer from like a clinical anxiety might experience that just because of the weight, tremendous weight they're, um, going through because of worry that's unresolved or fear that's unresolved in their life. Um, and I like to compare worry and fear a little bit like this. So, um, some people will say, well, you know, what is the difference really between worry and fear and yeah. fear is something that we feel, um, or a thought we might have, but worry is something that we actively do. It's something mm-hmm. that it's like something that we do with that fear. And the difference is like, what we take those thoughts or those feelings of fear and, um, we have the option to either turn it to God or allow the world to, um, or allow ourselves or the world to have its way with it, which then can turn into worry. And I think it's that compounding worry that turns into anxiety. Yeah,
1: I love the way you have parsed that out for us, Carrie, um, because this is, I don't know if you know this, is this is a hot topic right now in the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, is anxiety a sin? I've listened to sermons on it, podcasts on it. Mm. So I, I love the way you parsed it out, that fear is something that just is going to happen to us. Right. We're going to be afraid our child's going to run out in traffic. We're going to be afraid of COVID or, mm-hmm. you know, what? I, so that fear, that's a human reaction to something that we might feel like we can't control. Yes. But then we choose what to do with that fear. Yes. Um, And it can grow into worry. I'm worried Mm -hmm. about that. It's consuming me. I'm up at night worried about it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas anxiety, like depression, Mm -hmm. can be a clinical diagnosis, um, which is what you've battled. Yes,
0: Yes, I I believe that I that it is not personally that it's not a sin when when I have something that strikes me that is that is that causes fear. I, my body immediately reacts in such a way that is really I can't help it. Now from there I can I can do something with it, right? Um, but in that moment my body reacts in a certain way that not everyone's does, and that is that, that there there lies the difference. Now the other anxiety yes. we talked about, which is more of a byproduct of an
1: of an overload of worry, that we have that choice in. I think there's a difference there. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. yeah. You, you said it so well, so well. And you know, I love it that the Bible tells us, um, don't worry, don't be mm-hmm. afraid. Mm-hmm. And when the Lord created us, he knew what was best for us and mm-hmm. worry and fear are not what's best for us. Yeah. So when we face something we can't control, we have to cast all our cares on him. And in your case and in my case, yes. seek medical help when needed mm-hmm. Yes, you know, a Christian counselor, mm-hmm. but never forget the power of your faith yes. in your battle against anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. Never forget the power of your faith. Yes. Um, so I love that. Thank you, thank you for talking to me about that, Carrie. Mm-hmm. So rich. But because of all this, you've taken your experience, you've taken your wisdom, you've taken what God has shown you, and you've written a powerful book titled Win Over Worry. Tell us about this book, Carrie. Okay,
0: so this is a book that I did not want to originally write in terms of this topic because I felt like, who am I to write about worry? Something that I have struggled so much with. But a wise person, I wish I could give the person credit for it, told me at some point along the way if you are one step ahead of someone, you can help them.
1: That's And I right. thought,
0: well, maybe who better to help someone than someone who's walked through their pain and can hold their hand and say, I've been there and let right. me show you how I made the way out. Yes. So I became open to this. And what's been beautiful is in unraveling this story and this message, it has Spoken to me all over again. God has used the message that I shared, my progress, to help me even more overcome this battle. So I now see it as something that, yes, um, it's ongoing. It's something that um, I may never see complete, I will not see complete resolve on this side of heaven. You know, I just won't. But I have so much hope now because um, I know that God, um, I know that He. I know that He loves us. I know that He is in control. There's so many things I unpack in the book, um, and get to the depths of what it is. You know, why, what we're worried, we're truly worried about what the fear is at the root of that worry. And then um, I have so much that I walk through to show what life can look like on the other side of that. Wow, it's been a beautiful process.
1: Yeah. You know, I love it. So really you wrote the book telling your story Mm -hmm. with the desire to help others who battle anxiety. But I have to tell you, as I said before, I don't battle anxiety, but reading your book helped me understand the people Mm -hmm. in my life who do battle anxiety. So if any of my listeners are thinking, yeah, that's never been my issue, read this book anyway, because the Lord will use it in your life to help somebody Mm -hmm. else who does Battle anxiety. Um, Your your writing style is, Carrie. It's refreshing and compelling Mm. at the same time. Um, It's you've written it in such a way. You've tackled a hard subject and turned turned it into an easy read. And that's one of the things I liked most about it. Because people who are dealing with anxiety, man, it's hard to read.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yes, it's, it's something that, um you know, I try to just share my experiences and, mm-hmm. um you know, speak for my heart. It is, it is a tough topic. It's something that, you know, I'll tell you this though. It's something that a lot of people, I think, think that they don't worry. They think they can't maybe relate to this, but I would, I would challenge some in that if you think. If, you know, we, we have, we think all day. I mean, our as women, we think yeah. all day long. Yeah. We can't help our thoughts. Analyze. We yes. are full of them. I don't even yeah. know how men say they, they just don't think. That doesn't seem possible to me. But, um, and I don't think it sounds very, you know, pretty to say that we're worriers. But um, I think if we think about it, if our, if anything that you're thinking about, that you're consumed with causes you to be unsettled or uneasy that you just become consumed with and you can't rid your thoughts of it there's worry woven through that. And the enemy doesn't want you to know that you're worried because then you can single them out and single it out as fear and as a lie and then do some damage um, against it. Mm -hmm. But yeah, I I really want people to understand that there is so much more in their thought life, the, the, the negative thoughts that we're thinking, that there's worry woven through. And why that's important to know that there is worry in your thoughts is because That is where those fears are hidden and that is where those lies are hidden. And that's what what can then start to um, hold us back from doing the things God wants us to do, to hold us back from enjoying life to the full, from um, hold us back from walking in our purpose and calling um, and just doing things and serving others in such a way that brings glory to him. Yeah,
1: so good. So good. Worry really is a strategy, of the enemy to keep us from that abundant life mm-hmm. for which we've been created. Um, Carrie, do you have a particular fighting verse or a, a Bible verse that would really help a woman today who's mm-hmm. battling anxiety? Can you share that verse with us? Absolutely. So I've always my go-to life verse is
0: Romans eight twenty-eight because I just love to know that through whatever it is I'm struggling through, that God promises all things, mm-hmm. um, promises good for those of us um, who love him. But recently, and I say recently, as in this past summer, um, you know, I, I don't make it a secret in my book that I have a fear of flying. And uh, I've had to pull all my armor out to face this fear. And, and, honestly, and, and I love to say, successfully. I've, my fear of flying is much less than it once was. But this summer, I was getting ready to fly to Colorado, and I had um, a verse that day in a devotion that really, really st- stood out to me. And it's in Zephaniah, and until that, I didn't know much about the book of Zephaniah, but it's Zephaniah 3.17 that says, The Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. And I love this because there's many parts I pulled out from this scripture, and it's one Just that truth that God is with me, just knowing that whatever I'm going through, wherever I am, he is there with me. And then acknowledging who he is, that next part, the mighty warrior. He is mighty. He is powerful. He is a warrior. So acknowledging his strength is with me. His power is with me. Um, His might is with me. And that who saves, that he is my savior. He saves me. He protects me. This this met this um, first just meant so much to me, and I held it with me that entire. I, before I flew on that flight, didn't know I would need it many more moments. That weekend when we had some other treacherous moments going up this mountain of the um, in Colorado on this shuttle bus anyway, but uh, I would just repeat that verse. The Lord, your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. So I love that. And it, I hope it speaks to somebody
1: else listening today,
0: but oh, that's sorry.
1: been my, that's my new favorite verse. <laughs> so Romans 8, 28 and Zephaniah 3, 17, is that what you 3, said? Three seventeen, 17, yes. Got it. So good. So good. Um, well, Kira, you know, the name of my podcast is Significant Women. So I can't let you go without asking you this question. Who have been the significant women in your life? What other women have really created the carry that we Mm. see
0: today? Gosh, you know, so, so many. Um, When I think about my walk in my faith, especially, you know, I talked about Bible studies and books I've done, women in ministry have been such, um, have played such a role. And, um, and particularly Christian authors who've offered um, that offer spirit filled books that helped me unpack the word. So as a new, when you're a new believer and you don't know the Bible well yet, you know, it's okay to lean into a Bible study into a, a book that to help you understand and even to grow in your, um, Interest and passion for the Bible, um, and my first book that I ever read um, was a Lisa Turkhurst book, and so I just fell in love with um, with her when I first started reading um, books. And then, actually, this was what, what opened up my passion for writing through a series of events and over a few years. Um, and now, there's the women that um, that are alongside me in this journey, other Christian authors that are now friends of mine that have a similar passion um, for Jesus that were given the gift of words to, um, to speak and help others. Um, those have been just, it's women in ministry that have really um, been role models recently in, in my walk and faith that, that, um, love to share the love of Jesus.
1: I love that. Well, Carrie, thank you for visiting with me today. Thanks for this great conversation and be willing to be vulnerable about what you've been through in life. Certainly in your life, I can see that what the enemy meant for evil, God has used for a profoundly greater good. Um, So thank you for doing that. And before we go, would you pray for my listeners and especially pray for those who have just been tormented by anxiety? Absolutely. Oh. Thank you.
0: Oh, dear Heavenly Father, I, I just I want to speak specifically today to the women that are listening to this message, um, that feel those struggles weighing on their hearts, that are they are worried that are experiencing anxiety that have fear that are consumed with something right now that are just they are struggling to remove from their minds and their hearts and are just feeling weary and worn down I pray that you will lift them up and help them to feel the hope and to just know that you love them, that you are in control, that you have, you are holding them and that you have a great plan for their future. That You will use these struggles for good and that there is hope in you. Father, we thank you so much for loving us. We thank you for having your hand on every detail of our life. In your great name, we pray. Amen.
1: Amen. Amen. Well, my guest has been Carrie Eichberger, and her new book is Win Over Worry. Thank you, Carrie. Bless you, sister. Oh, Carol, thank you so much. My delight. Well, if you've been encouraged by today's episode, I'm going to do what I always do ask you to take just a moment to leave a rating and a review, especially on iTunes. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Carol McLeod Ministries, so you don't miss a thing, a Bible study, a conference, a podcast. I'd love to connect with you there. Um, and Also, you can find us online at Ministries.com or on the app on your smartphone. Just go to the little app store, do a search for Carol McLeod Ministries. There's so much you can do on the app. It's a great way to stay in touch with us. Now, if you want to connect with Carrie Eichberger, my guest today, you can connect with her on social media and at her website, which is k e r i e i c h b e r g e r K-E-R-I-E-I-C-H-B-E-R-G-E-R.com. And listen, if you are a worry ward, or if you know someone who is, be sure to purchase a copy of her new book, Win Over Worry, Conquer What Shakes You, and Soar With the One Who Overcomes. Well, I always like to close with a word of Scripture, because Scripture is what's eternal. It's what can go to the heart of all of our issues. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. If worry is your emotional disease, it's time for you to be healed. If fear is your constant companion, it's time for you to get a new best friend. If anxiety makes you physically sick, it's time for you to have open heart surgery. And I know just the one who can heal you from all of those life issues. His name is Jesus, and he's a friend who sticks closer than a brother. Isaiah 26.3 says, I will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on me, because he trusts in me. If you need peace in your heart, my friend, what you really need to do is trust the Lord. Know that the Lord is bigger than all of your concerns. Know that you serve a God Who's working all things together for good. You serve a God who hears you when you pray. So lay your burdens down at his feet and leave them there. He's got you, my friend. He's got you. I'd love to hear from you. Email me at carol at Ministries.com. And I hope you'll join me next time on the Significant Women Podcast.